I probably should have set you up with the sponsor beforehand, but I'm fucking disorganized as shit. And I'm going to talk about me, myself, and my problems here for a little while. The Rule 34 questions were last week. That's not a puzzle, it's pushing blocks. If a wave of dragons are coming to raise my town and burn my crops, that's pretty awful to me directly. But I want to hear about your other shitty character. Of course, invest in a robotic flame of flame. This is the Debate This Podcast. Welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this podcast, we take time out of our busy adult lives to argue over the important things like comics, video games, and why Thanos was actually the hero of Infinity Wars. He is, don't at me. My name's Kyle Harper, and I'll be your moderator for today's discussion on proper adventuring party composition. Today we'll be talking about our perfect RPG party, if we could only pick our favorite non-player characters from gaming history. Um, non-player characters will be shortened to NPCs a lot, so <laughs> those will be used interchangeably. Um, with me today are Andrew Howlin' Mad Henderson, Todd Mr. T. Thomas, and Matt Faceman Cole. So guys, tell me who you recruited to collect the amulet or slay the dragon or whatever you're doing today. Uh, let's get right to the point. Who's in your party? What's that person's role? And why'd you pick him? Uh, uh, first Andrew. of all, Kyle. Yeah, first of all, Kyle, I want to say thank you for giving me Howlin' Mad Murdoch. I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy with that nomination. And and just to really play the, the wild card position here, I'm going to introduce you to the League of Extraordinarily Weird Voices. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> they... They may not be the best in their field. Hell, they may not even be very good at what they do. But God damn it, they are memeable. Uh, I have built a team of some of the more iconic weirdo voices that we've collected over the years in video games. Uh, starting with, um, from the top, we've got the brain. So this is the, head, the lead of the operation. Uh, it's going to be the G-Man from the Half-Life series. Um, he's the guy that pops up at the end of the first game and... He's like dressed up like a man in a suit, but I think it's a take on the the old like Area 51 men in black, like not the movie, but the alien, the old old timey alien story oh, yeah. where he's like that, an alien dr pretending to be a man, but like doing a very poor job of it. Yeah, that <laughs> maybe a government agent might be yeah. an alien, might be a yeah. robot. This is like human form. Yeah, yeah, and, it, he, and that's how he talks. It's very, it's very like, hello, I, I, Mr. Freeman, you're going to save the world. Like, it's like a lot of like weird, like it's like a, he doesn't know how to make the sounds kind of thing. Um, and then we've got as the bronze. So this is the, this is the, the doer, the executor. Um, many cases, and in this case, he's going to be the driver also. Uh, this is the the forever train boss from Star Fox 64. <laughs> so I know this is this is probably one of the deeper cuts on this on this group. Um, so Star Fox 64, the second tank level, where you're just fighting a train, and uh, there's this like I think he's like a gorilla man, a gorilla like a like a redneck gorilla, and he's like he keeps yelling like step on the gas. Step on the gas. <laughs> He's ready uh, to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, as our, our third uh, our third component here is going to be the face. So this is the person who is interfacing with people. He's he's the charm of the group. 
Um, so uh, fulfilling the, the role of the face is going to be Beetle from the Legend of Zelda series, specifically the incarnation from the Wind Waker. Oh, you man. only pick the good Zelda characters. Only the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew has um, a very soft spot in his heart for the worst characters from these games. Your, yes. your, I love, your I love Zelda the underrated Zelda characters. Like the Island of the Misfit Toys only from Zelda. I mean, they're <laughs> all the these. Island of Misfit Toys, Sans, Link, Ganon, and Zelda. Like, they're all weird characters. Yeah. Um, so my, my favorite is the first iteration, which is Beetle from Wind Waker, which he, he sails around on his boat, and you can go and hunt him down, and he sells you pears. And uh, every time you, you either buy or sell to or from him, he says, I'm going to back up from the mic so this doesn't capture really bad. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his, only, that's his only voice track in the whole thing. And then finally, and, the, and arguably the most important role, you've got to have a wild card. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Charlie Day. It's Michelangelo. It's, uh, I can't think of a third uh, version, but the, the wild card is the, is the, the relief, uh, the comedic relief, but also the person that's going to take charge when shit goes awry. And for, <laughs> for this very important role, I'm nominating the shoe puff driver from Final Fantasy X. Who is and the well, shoe puff driver? Yeah, Everyone yes, asks. Is, <laughs> but I know who the shoe puff you, driver is. Could you tell? Because no one said sure. anything. Yep. But um, explain to our listeners who the shoe puff driver is. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so in Final Fantasy X, you, at one point, you have to cross a large uh, body of water um, called the Moonflow, and you do so by riding these giant anteaters, I guess. Um, they're called shoe puffs, and there is a very particular race that doesn't exist anywhere else out of the entire world of Final Fantasy X than to than to manage these big ant eaters. Um, and the driver, so when you go up to get to ride the shoe puff, the driver again only has one voice uh, voice bit there, uh, but he has a really weird accent, and it comes out like ride the shoe puff. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can either Good. say yes or no, and if you say yes, he says shoe puff ready. What What are you hoping the shoe puff driver will accomplish? Yeah, that's. I've got a lot of questions. Um, I think there are three. There are plenty of questions later in the episode to to answer that. Oh. I don't want to give the give <laughs> the headline away. That's fair. Well, yeah, All right. I, you know, I'm fair? a mate. I didn't. You say that the forever train boss was going to be your driver. And you also have a character with the word driver in their name. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bold choice. We'll, we'll see how it plays out later. Maybe maybe Andrew's party I, needs to get a lot of places and he needs yeah. two drivers. Let's, let's not poke holes in his logic until we've heard all of it. Thanks, um, Kyle. Todd, tell me about your party and what, what they do. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so when, when we took this prompt, you know, I thought, what is a good balance team? And so, I mean, I think, you know, both Andrew and Matt are going to give you that. Um, so I don't want to quite give you what is good and balanced, but more <laughs> what's fun and messy. We'll go with that. Um, so, so I'm bringing to you, uh, some pretty solid names and I don't want, I don't think I have really any super deep cuts here. Um, but I've really traded in the, the, like the traditional setup of well-balanced hero and then the, the tank and the mage um, to bring you, Kyle, to the ultimate adventure. And, and I've pulled a name from watching, I used to watch a lot of Wipeout on Hulu. 
Um, and as, there was as a, did we all. <laughs> and there was a man one time that the front of his shirt said safety third. And so that is what I'm naming this team. It's not safety, safety first, it's safety third. Um, what is one and two? I don't, I don't know that answer and maybe we'll get there later, but safety is certainly third with my team. Um, and so you do need some sort of relatively level-headed leader. And so that's why I'm going for what I'm calling the cocky shot caller, which is Falco Lombardi from Star Fox. And I know he's been playable in Smash. Um, and I think, you know, maybe some other stuff, but I, I still claim he, he falls into the MPC realm, um, We've, My, we've always been more a spirit of the law mm-hmm. and not the letter of the law podcast. So <laughs> we're not about to start instituting to rules at this point. Um, and so, so he's going to play the, the cocky shot caller. Now, we also need every good team has a walking armory. And that's why I'm bringing you Mr. Torg from Borderlands 2. And if you haven't played Borderlands 2, um, especially the DLC... Uh, which was called Mr. Torg's Campaign of Carnage. Um, <laughs> you may not be familiar with uh, with the one, the only Mr. Torg High Five Flexington, but all you need to know is that he Todd, is... Todd, I want, I want to make sure that that doesn't fly past our listeners. Can you tell our <laughs> listeners the full name of Mr. Yeah, Torg? So his name is Mr. Torg High Five Flexington. Um, and fun fact it's about his good. family... High Five, I believe, is the name of his grandfather. That is that is a family <laughs> name, High Five. So, oh, good. Um, and, and if you want to know what Mr. Torg is, he's really just walking biceps, um, and he, he sounds like a yelling Hulk Hogan. Um, so my, my impression when I watched the video you shared was that he is somehow a dialed-up version of Hulk Hogan. Which he even he even does the like oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I saw I didn't even watch and the video and I immediately thought Randy Savage he, and Hulk I've, Hogan is already a, a dialed up version of himself mm-hmm. so I've um uh, yeah if you if you go through some of his quotes from his uh, from that download the uh, the DLC one of my favorite ones is that sentence has too many syllables apologize <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, he's kind of like Hulk Hogan meets Duffman. And so that's, he is, um, Torg is also a brand of gun in Borderlands. So again, he's the walking armory. Um, every good team needs what would I call is the grizzled war veteran. And that's why I'm selecting Erdnot Rex from Mass Effect. Um, Rex is, he started as kind of this, uh, bounty hunter vigilante, and he ultimately ends up becoming, um, like the the leaders of the Krogan, if you don't kill him in the first one, spoiler alert, so don't kill him in the first one. Um, just a super, super cool character, and I don't think anyone who's played Mass Effect can deny that, again, unless they killed him in the first one, which is a weird plan to, to follow. Um, and then, again, every team needs what I would call is uh, the senseless killing machine. And so um, for Andrew, I believe that was the shoe puff driver, <laughs> And for, me, <laughs> That's correct. and for me today, I think probably one of my deepest cuts on here is a HK-47 from Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, also known as Kort, KOTOR for any of, uh, any of you big fans. And he is um, basically like if the, the iMac like computerized voice told you to kill people. That's what he effectively <laughs> is. Um, and he is, again, like I said, the senseless killing machine because every good team needs that. Imagine the killbots 
from the concept of Killbots from Futurama, yep. but give them give them a sassy voice. I'm and sure at one point I'll pull out some some deep quotes. Um, they are here um, for sure. But yeah, HK47 uh, is such a cool uh, character that you get in KOTOR. So uh, yeah, that is that is my team. Um, you know, I think it's a phrase we use a lot on this podcast that came from Matt, but uh, they're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we, we've got the League of Extraordinarily, Extraordinarily Weird Voices and Safety Third. Uh, Matt, <laughs> tell us about your team. Tell us about your party. What, are they, what do they do? Why have they assembled? All that, all that good stuff. Now, I, I don't often hand out compliments on this show, um, but I need to make a few before my train wreck begins because I don't think that I have a real leg to stand on for the next hour. Um, You're doing your curtain call before the play. So let me, let me give some good vibes real quick. Um, first off, thank you for making me face, man. I do too love Bradley Cooper. Second, um, definitely an ups to Andrew and Todd for referencing two of my favorite things um, in... The League of Extraordinarily Weird Voices. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a massively <laughs> underrated movie. Terrible, but massively it's, underrated. It's what forced Sean Connery to retire from acting. Yeah, much oh. like the love guru did to Michael Myers. We all make mistakes, yeah. but sometimes they're fun to watch. And um, also, yeah, Wipeout was great. And I just had to Google when Wipeout was canceled. And it made me sad that it was that long ago. Um so much like Todd started off by reading this question and thinking to himself, what makes a well-balanced team? I also asked some what questions. I would like to read those what questions to you now. Um, what do you even put in an RPG team? <laughs> Follow up, what the hell even is an RPG team? Is this more like a Pokemon team or a Mario party? Why did Andrew take my color in the Google Docs? I've literally been purple since the pilot episodes. Matt is narrow casting as all hell right now. <laughs> all I do know is that it's September now, which means it's basically Halloween. Thus, I introduce to you my horror game theme, less than stable, super stable. Our horror doesn't work for you. Um, <laughs> Good. I also Googled what makes up an RPG team. So get ready for <laughs> some actual tropes that belong in RPGs under like these two frittatas. So... <laughs> First and foremost, you got the mastermind of the team. That would be none other than Rami Malik in full motion capture himself, Josh from Until Dawn. Uh, then the tank, in my opinion, the most important part of any team. That would be Mr. Strong Fat Walker from Outlast and Outlast Whistleblower, <laughs> and probably should have been in Outlast 2, but they really didn't use anything to tie those two games together. Then, number three, you have the stealth or the crowd control aspect of the Brute from Amnesia The Dark Descent, the first horror game that ever really made horror games anything more than Doom in the first couple Resident Evil games. And the Healer, the puppet from Five Nights at Freddy, because even <laughs> horror games oh, need good people sometimes, and mine is a puppet. Um... I, I feel like I should have more to say about each of those roles, but I'm not 100% sure what any of those roles mean. I just assign titles to people. <laughs> question, question. All right. Question. Yes. Todd? Question. Todd? Yeah. Um, so specifically, okay, so I'm not all that familiar with The Brute from Amnesia, but I watched a YouTube video that was just a lot of noises that it makes, so yeah. I left that alone. Okay. Um, <laughs> my question is about the healer having only experienced... Five Nights at Freddy's through Markiplier's 
streams. Is the healer like the puppet? Is the puppet a healer? Is the yes. puppet a good guy? Yes. Okay. Are we? So, we're, we're not. Are we really going to get into FNAF lore right now? Dude, okay, I, give Matt forty-five uh, seconds. Apparently to do this. so. I'm gonna. Go I'll come back in forty-five minutes. So this, is, this is where we're. Lore. So we're we're getting our Gen Z uh, following right here. Let's just, let's just talk very that. briefly about Please. FNAF Deep Lore, and that FNAF Deep Lore is that. And I'm sorry if I spoil seven games of jump scares for you, <laughs> but you really got to dive deep if you want to get anything more than screams. It's uh, like the Halo Wiki. It's a lot like the Halo mm-hmm. Wiki. Um, so all of the animatronics in Five Nights at Freddy's aren't magic robots they are animatronics that are possessed by the souls of children who have been murdered by the crazy son of the owner of the pizzeria i know there was a lot to follow there what you need to take is that all the animatronics have dead kid souls in them good yep (laughs) sounds right solid the puppet contains the soul of the first dead kid Okay. So it's actually so maybe it's not like so that's the best of the bad. Okay. Well, eh, no, it's the youngest of the bad. Um, oh, she was okay. the youngest kid murdered by the son of the owner of the pizza shop. Um, the puppet finds the bodies of all the other dead kids, takes the souls from those bodies who are trapped in limbo, places them into the animatronics that then hunt down the owner and son of the owner of the pizzeria. So quite literally, canonically, the puppet is capable of giving life. Thus a I'm, so that one, is thank, a stretch. So I don't even think that that's a stretch. Okay. I've made some yep. serious stretches on this show. <laughs> and I don't think that's one of them. Oh no. Okay. Let me, let me put a bookend on that then. So one, thank you for teaching me something and answering my question. Two, I don't ever want to hear about kids' souls being put into puppets ever again. So, Well, you're going to have uh, a long 45 minutes, aren't you? <laughs> uh, we will also never be able to talk about Pokemon again, if that's the case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, I think is, you've is cut Trubbish, yourself off from a lot of our games and, is, and comics, Wait, Todd. Is, is Trubbish full of kids' souls? I can't deal it's, with that. It's only kids' souls. You open up that little tie on the top yeah. and it's just kids', yeah. kids souls, souls all the way down. Out. Okay, it sounds like Grunt Birthday Party. <laughs> All right, before this guy. turns this gets any weirder, we're going to move on to our our first real question. Um so what is your quest? Yeah, Monty uh, what... Python. I heard it. I know the timing. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to let that shit slip by. Um what 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 are you guys what goal are you chasing? What town are you saving? What payload are you delivering? Um what are you guys doing, and why is this the best crew to get that job done? Um, let's start with Howlin' Mad Henderson. Ooh, I like that. Um, all right, opening, exterior. We open in a remote desert. Uh, an alien ship has crash-landed in a remote desert region during a routine surveillance exercise. The ship's cloaking device has malfunctioned, and the crew is presumed dead. So uh, we start with G-Man, who obviously is omniscient. He can see all, he can see past, present, and future, uh, and has eyes across the universe. The G-Man sees what happens and immediately knows that someone's got to go in and rescue this ship um, before anyone else can be under the wiser, because the point of the Men in Black is to keep people, uh, keep, keep, sorry, to keep people out of the loop. 
so that people don't know that there's actually stuff out there. Um, so G-Man pulls together the League of Extraordinarily Weird Voices to infiltrate and capture the vessel before the population uh, is any of the wiser. Um, let's just say for, for the sake of plot that there are powerful sandstorms blanketing the region, um, so air travel sure. is impossible. So the sure. only way they can, yeah, I mean, right? Makes, makes sense. Uh, so the I'm only on way board. they can get in is uh, by ground. So then he calls in his old buddy, Forever Train Boss, to... FTB. FTB. He's like, what? It's up, FTB. And uh, <laughs> FTB <laughs> FTB um, will, will, is going to drive in the train, and uh, he's going to take in, try to look inconspicuous to uh, make it look like a covert vehicle designed to look like a commercial cargo train basically um then we and en- then enter i'm basically making this up as i go obviously um, oh, enter obvious. beetle yeah um, beetle who's going to be our face he's going to secure supplies um by basically by trading pears and bugs with the locals because that's what he does um he's also going to secure the technology that will allow them to track the subatomic energy that actually powers the alien ship i like the jump from pears and bugs to <laughs> subatomic technology well if indiana jones has taught me anything it's that Locals have the key to all of the mysteries of the world. All right. I'll, I'll buy it. You know, mm-hmm. people ask me every day why I hate RPGs as much as I do. <laughs> and it's bullshit like this. Like, I don't understand how any of that relates to any of the characters you just talked about. I, well, I'm I gonna, let me let me tie it. Let me tie a little bow on this. So we haven't yeah. talked about shoe puff driver. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all gonna click when you hear what he has to say now, about the shoe now, puff driver. Now, shoe Matt. puff driver has a very important role, but it's not clear until, like I said, until shit goes awry. So he's just kind of there. Um, they find him in a bar. He's probably you know drinking his his third or fourth um, mixed drink cocktail. He's a classy guy. And uh, he just kind of he's just kind of in the back saying weird shit like rides it show puff, and uh, <laughs> and they so so let's let's fast forward we'll we'll scrub through the movie for a bit and they they found the ship and let's say another alien race has come to uh, to declare to declare its remains because they want the future tech on the ship, sure. Um, so shoe puff driver is like, oh shit, we got to get stuff in gear. So shoe puff driver calls on the shoe puff, which I said is a giant anteater elephant thing to fuck things up and, uh, will effectively be their getaway vehicle. Because at this point we can assume that the train has mostly blown up at this point. Sure. Cause you know, shit's gone awry. So shoe puff driver says, ride the shoe puff. And then shoe puff comes go, 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 go. And, uh, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to ride the shoe puff out and that's it. Okay, stop. So, All right. <laughs> shoe, shoe puff, a couple things about two of your characters. Shoe Puff Driver is my least favorite Pokemon, and I'm tired of hearing about him. Um, and then one of the first things that you said was that G-Man is like a person wear, trying to wear human skin to fool everyone to think it's a person. And so yeah. canonically in my headcanon now for the rest of this, G-Man is Ted Cruz to me. <laughs> and I refuse to think otherwise. And so, right. yeah, okay. So your your plan, goal, quest, whatever is is cute. So I'm here with with Team Fun on Safety Third. It is absolutely 
um, some sort of assault infiltration heist to rescue uh, hostages. And it's, it's going to feel like the A-Team movie with the flying tank moment. Um, you're, and then you're doing a you're doing a, a true to form a team episode like break down the walls. Oh, kill yeah. every kill everyone who isn't our target and yeah, and pull the target out like the cigars any, on the way at the credits. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> Falco is awesome. definitely passing out the cigars. And so the it is certainly going to feel like that flying tank scene. Um, and also, I want to cross reference it with what I assume happened in every Fast and Furious movie. I didn't see any of them, but I know in one of them they drug a a bank vault down a highway, so it's going to feel like that. So I'm going to make some assumptions, and we're just going to go with that. Todd, we saw Fast and Furious 5 together, and I am insulted that you forgot. Did we? The Rock was I, really sweet. Yeah, that's the one that Rock is just sweaty the whole time. Yeah, well, that's we, every movie. We tried to that's see something else. Wait, I thought I thought that and was in. I thought that was the rundown where the Rock was sweaty the whole time. I think you're thinking about um, the, the, <laughs> the Mummy fairy? Scorpion King, where the Rock is sweaty the whole time. <laughs> no, guys, no, that was Jumanji where he's sweaty the whole time. That's oh, right. Shoot, <laughs> I thought that was. The other rock movie. We had a really actors. good thing going. I hate this bit. <laughs> and and okay. you could have let Matt you could have let Matt gone with a rock movie and we we all wanted out kept of it. Going. We were we were spiraling. Anyway, so mine opens at a scene. Um, you've got Falco and Rex trying to negotiate some hostage release. Um, and of course it's going to escalate to a pistols drawn standoff, because that's the way it has to be. Um, laser pistols are drawn, uh, you know, things are pretty tense, but what you don't see, at least what the people with the pistols drawn against them don't see, is that Falco has hit his remote transponder, given the exact coordinates to Mr. Torg and HK-47, and oh baby, here they come, because flying through the wall is a Torg brand airship shaped like a giant bicep. And so shit pops off, Fast forward to the great escape from this place. It doesn't matter. It's probably in the desert, but it doesn't matter. But the important thing is riding on a giant bicep out of the desert. The heroes have been successful-ish, and most of the hostages are mostly alive. And that's a good heist. Oh, because because you said it, it's a good heist. <laughs> and and I it was good. It's, it's a good heist. It's a good heist. Is, is a flying bicep aerodynamic at all? So I want to step in real quick and just say I'm imagining this flying bicep looking just like the bicep flyer from It's Always Sunny oh, in Philadelphia. Oh, man, See, that's exactly... I don't know how you want to cut it, but that is exactly what I was going to say. Okay. Um, well. it, I, want to, I want to pretend it's way more majestic and awesome, but there's not a single bit of me that can't just imagine it as that weird penis bicep. So, so your team is <laughs> yes. your team rides a flying penis to every mission. You know what? But isn't that what the A team would do? I don't no. think that it is. I no, not really not even don't. a little bit. Agreed. First disagree. of all, that was nope. That was a family show. First of all, it was. <laughs> I mean, there were there were sexual overtones, but they were way more subtle than that. Mm. I mean, again, agree to disagree. I, the, I, don't, sweaty, I don't think Todd's going for subtlety. No. Oh, no. <laughs> he's, safety, safety third. He's, he's referencing one of the many movies where The Rock is sweaty the whole time. He's, he's not going for subtlety. I literally blocked out that we went to see Fast it's, and Furious ever. Three of the four of us were there. 
I, mm-hmm. we, we tried, I, we were, we were trying to see something else. It was sold out and we, we went to see fast five instead. Oh like, God. Why did we do that? Because we were already there and it was the next <laughs> thing to show. Because it was less work to stay and than it was. For the same leave. reason that most people and, see those movies. And I think we had on. our popcorn already and I got free tickets. So, well, anyway, this was a successful quest. Most of the hostages survived. Good, good quest. Good. Let's let's move on from from Todd's flying penis team safety third. Uh, Matt, good quest. what is your flying what is your team? team? Sure. What is your team doing? Uh, so I, I would like to point out that you asked for a quest and the other two gave you shitty synopsis of terrible B grade movies. Um, uh, I would God. I would like to <laughs> move get your thumb out of your ass for once. <laughs> I would like to move away from shitty synopsis and move on to shitty dark fanfic about horror game characters. So here we go. Revenge. That's so much better. We seek revenge. For what or who, it doesn't matter. We seek it. We are four tortured souls seeking to right the wrongs of the world as we quest for answers. Who, what, why, we are who we are. We live in a world of insanity, and every day we grow closer to it. We are a mindless killing machine, a fearless entity who captivates the minds of all who know it and terminates the existence of all who encounter it. All right, now we get to the questy part. Okay, you you can't just, like, copy-paste from my... my 14-year-old MySpace page <laughs> and, and think that's going to win you this competition. XXKyleOHXX. My my away message one point in time said we live in a world of insanity and every day it's more beautiful or whatever you said. Yeah, interestingly like enough. An I asterisk I... and a squiggly and an asterisk. Mm-hmm. I think I had but, that on a t-shirt in middle school as well. Um, anyway, <laughs> our current goal uh, is to return to our homes and expand them to become one kingdom of horror and fear. Our next stop is Blackwood Mountain, the home of Josh. We open the scene as Josh opens his eyes, newly revived by the puppet. While the brute and Walker try to understand their regained existence, Josh stands the first to understand what has happened to them, and he communicates with the others the gravity of the situation. Luckily for Josh, the other three have next to no cognitive ability whatsoever, and they are one-track-minded, and Josh, being the only one with cognitive ability, puts them on a track to follow, and they follow him to recapture his family's home on top of Blackwood Mountain. After Blackwood Mountain is Mount Massive, after Mount Massive is the castle from Amnesia, after the castle from Amnesia is Freddy's Pizzeria. (laughs) <laughs> what just happened? I just uh, it, just I'm 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 asking you this question, and this doesn't mean I approve of anything you just said. But what what five finger death punch song is playing while you guys are on this mission? Just just for our listeners at home to really set the scene. Um, ooh, that's a hard one because their new album is hot garbage, but it's the one that everybody knows right now. Um, I don't know. I Jekyll and Hyde probably. Um, got your six, maybe. I know a lot of Five Finger Death Punch songs. If you want me to keep going, <laughs> we don't. I um, know. We don't. I, no one so does. What I like most about this was that I thought both Andrew and my like I, I expected this to be shown in like a storyboard. Like you're presenting it to a director through storyboard pictures, <laughs> and like 
both Andrews and mine, like you just think like, oh, this is going to be expensive and it doesn't make sense. And then I got to Matt's and it was like, next stop, Blackwood Mountain. He like pulls out a new card. And they're like, wait, wait, you're at Blackwood Mountain. He's like, next up, it's a Matt, it's gigantic mountain or whatever you said. And they're like, wait, but I thought we were on the Blackwood one. Then we're at a pizzeria. They're like, the fuck is this guy? Who let him in? Like, yeah. what's going on? I, I, He's got some good ideas, though. I don't know guy, what to say. He's really passionate about it. I came to this debate with extensive knowledge of the lore of my characters and absolutely no knowledge on how to answer the question at hand. Um, huh. So I intend to barrage you with Really? Because it doesn't show at all. <laughs> I, I will barrage you with information the whole way to victory. Thank you very much. Next question. Great. Good, because I'm ready to move on. Um, so the, a team is only as good as its leader, so they say. Um, so tell me about who calls the shots. Why, why did your team elevate them to leadership? Um, what are their skills and weaknesses? And what do the other party members think about? And just general general discussion on the leader of your team um andrew yeah so the g-man is obviously the de facto leaguer leader of the league and <clears throat> i wouldn't say that he was necessarily chosen or elevated it's just that he just is he appointed himself yeah uh, and I, I mean de facto in, in every sense of the word so um i kind of i i imagine that it's similar to how half-life 2 starts where these the different people in the league just kind of woke up on a train going through space one day, and uh, and he kind of just you know uh, appears and the, in front the of them. G man just kind of started telling them and, his yeah. plan and what they were gonna do, and they they just kind of went along with it because that's what you do. You it gives you it gives you the G man gives you the feeling of making a choice, but you're never actually making a choice. Thanks. <laughs> um. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Yikes! Um, yikes! Indeed, he, he he is he is he's an serious figure. He's not. He's definitely not a man. He's definitely not a man. Um, so I, I mentioned he's he's kind of a take on the the men in black alien conspiracy theories, uh, where it's basically these these um, men these these quote unquote men in black suits will appear and they'll try to like scare off or try to like hustle people that have have um, documented alien sightings and they say like you didn't see anything snort gulp you know and uh <laughs> it's like there's very weird stories anyone who's interested there's a really good set of episodes uh last podcast on the left does that it's it's really really interesting i just want to um, i want to make sure our listeners at home know no ted cruz is not in the room with andrew <laughs> that was his gene impression um so what are the strengths of the G-Man? Um, all of the strengths. Uh, absolute omniscience. He, uh, he can much. see. He cares too much. Um, he <laughs> can see. High. He can see both past, present, and future all in one simultaneous thread. So he knows what is happening. He knows what will happen, and he knows what has happened. Um, and with that comes the ability to manipulate the space-time continuum. He can zap Gordon Freeman on the planet of Zen uh, in, an, in an instant. Um, so and this, it this thought occurred to me in the mm -hmm. last question, and and I I can't let it pass any further. If what does he need the rest of the team for, if he's so omniscient and mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. the ability to manipulate space and time? Yeah, 
Well, we'll get there. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Will we? <laughs> All right. Um, what are his weaknesses? Um, pretending to be a human is really, really hard. And when he walks, I assume he walks like kind of like a drunk bird where he's just like, he's just all kind of like torsos kind of flip flopping around there. Um, when he drinks water, he intakes dihydrogen monoxide through the oral cavity, you know, like kind of stuff like that. Like he's not very, he's pretty obvious. You know, we put this podcast together to like talk about video games and comic books but like it's really just become a place for Andrew to air out his like his impersonations and to get some early feedback. I'm, I'm, Andrew's really working. I'm on, workshopping a few characters. He's, he's working on his tight five, uh, his, his stand up set, and and he's he tries it out here first. So um, when this when this whole thing started out, um, I think some of the members probably were like, "No, like I'm not I'm not doing this. This is dumb." And uh, when they when they walked away from the proverbial train, um, I assume they probably heard some kind of loud clicking noise in the back of their head, you know, and uh, maybe felt like there were like a million bees swarming their face, something like that. Um, so they eventually they came to their senses and the rest of the group were like, yes, we will. Let's let's do this. We will. We will follow the G-Man. Um, so that's how the league was created. I, you know, Todd, Kyle, have either of you guys played Half-Life? I have not. I'm one of the I, eight people on Earth that have mm. not played it. Yeah, so like, I'm, I'm the other. I'm one of the other. <laughs> one of the other. So, so Todd and I are a quarter of the people that haven't played Half-Life. As, as someone who also almost put G-Man in his team, I do need to point mm. out the fact that, like, G-Man is an NPC. That's true. But he's basically <laughs> an Easter box. egg. Like, you mostly just see him on billboards and computer screens, and I think you interact oh, with I'm him. Oh, I'm sorry. Twice. No, he is He is the oh, ending. No. The, he's the entire ending of the first game and the entire intro to the second game. Yeah. Let's, he's not an Easter exactly. egg. Exactly. You Let's interact see. with him, like, twice. And so what I'm saying is you are, you're making a lot of assumptions about a character who is left entirely to mystery. Entire, okay. The whole question of Half-Life. Yeah, that's the whole point. I mean, I want to look at, I mean, look at the rest of his team. Thank you. That's what I was getting to. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to argue. Argue, if you're gonna argue <laughs> the the relevancy, don't argue G Man. He's the only one that makes sense. The, literally, one of his characters is the forever train boss. That is his name, and the other one only says five words, and one of them is part of his name as well. Like I don't like you're you're, you're not wrong, you're, Matt. I don't you're think poking, you're wrong. But like, you're poking holes in a colander. Like you're not he Andrew Andrew's strength in this argument is that. He has none of none of his party has any legs to stand on, so he gets I, to hold them up I, himself. And I don't think there's any sort of illusion as to what Andrew thinks his team is. It's just <laughs> don't don't get down in the mud with him on it because you won't win down there. It's, no, it's 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 scary down here. That's true. Now, now here's here's what no this is my turn now. Here's here's what here's what G Man doesn't have. He yeah. does not have <laughs> he does not have that ability to connect. Right, so you've got Shoepuff Driver who, who can is a <laughs> he, is, he is a man of the people, and by people I mean the Shoepuff. <laughs> can the G-Man summon a Shoepuff? Uh, no. Um, is the Shoepuff can, Driver the charisma on your team? Is yeah, he's the face. Is, no, that's Beetle. Oh, which oh. is another thing G-Man yeah. can't do. Is he has no idea market fair market value for bug for bugs and pears not even a little bit like he's not gonna get that granular guys 
you need somebody on the ground who's who's got their ear ear to the ground, so to speak. He's, you know, if you know what I mean. He's shaking hands and he's making shaking deals. Hand. He's shaking hands. Exactly. He's kissing baby. He he is he is there. He is he is Joe Sixpack and oh, other political what? terms. What? <laughs> Is okay, Joe Sixpack also I'm spinning? Now, can is you, that real? Can you be done? No, it's not. A, don't, Matt, don't feed him. We know. I just told you. Don't go down there. And then, of course, you've got Forever Train Boss. He's got to train. Now, G-Man can, G-Man can drive a train, but it's not. It is not the, the cargo. It's it's not the it's not the inconspicuous cargo train found on the planet of Macbeth. It is a hyper, an interspace, interdimensional Consumer train, commuter train. It's very different. Are you done? Next question. Todd, Todd oh my God. Let, let's save us from okay. this fever dream that Henderson just concocted. Tell us about the leader of your team. Yeah, Kyle, I'm, oh, fuck. I'm going to give you like a good answer, okay? Are you ready for that? Like, I, just, <laughs> I don't know what that is anymore. <laughs> so so I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you who it is, then I'm going to tell you who it's not. Um, so Falco is my de facto leader. Um, he's got experience, he's got skill, he's, you know, he served as kind of, uh, Fox's backup for a long time. He's, he's level-headed, he's, he's that right level of cocky where he, he kind of comes off as a less off-the-cuff Han Solo, if you will. Um, keeps his temper in check, you know, he, he's got a good battle mind of himself, and at the end of the day, he's an anthropomorphic bird that wears a sweet visor. Um, if you look at the original promotion... <laughs> stuff like photos for Falco is literally a man in a really bad bird suit and it's awesome. Um, all that said, I think that Rex works as a good foil to him to kind of like balance him and push him. And then, and you know, the way that I would compare it is they've got this fun little competition going on. You know, it's fun. It's like the rock and, uh, and, and the other one is is Mr. Vincent Diesel. Um, this is like a collection of the most passive aggressive, like annoying ass side characters. Like every time you make, like if these guys were on your actual team, every time you did anything, they would just be like, oh yeah, totally no, couldn't do that, that myself. That's fair. Grunt that's snort. fair. And, 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 you know, so I think I, well, well here, here's the piece though. So, I mean, I think those two kind of make the combination of the leaders and I'll tell you why, because the other two aren't good options. And so HK 47 is obviously not the leader because he just, Wants to kill all the people, all the things. Um, your, your other two characters both they both do they do one thing and they do uh-huh. one thing well, and well, leading isn't that. And I, I could I, I've got a whole bunch of HK quotes pulled up, but it's mostly just it ends up with him making fun of you and then asking to kill either you or something else. Um, Torg or Mister Torg. Like the very first line that he says in his DLC is he interrupts the woman who's trying to tell you about a really important vault hunting mission. And he goes, I'm going to do the voice and this is going to be great. He goes, boring. You don't want to hear about that vault hunter. You want to hear about loot and pecs and explosions. I'm Torg and I'm here to ask you one question and one question only. Explosions? And that is why he he can't be the leader. But by God, he's going to be a good time. And you need that. I'm not sure who Andrew's good time is. I think it's the shoe puff driver. Shoe puff. Shoe puff driver. Shoe puff driver can fucking claim this is his wild card. So that's that's who it is, I guess. And and for Matt, his his version of fun has got to be the 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 brute that just makes the gurgling 
growling noises. That is I don't fun. I still don't get the brute because all I've seen is all I saw was a soundboard of the brute. Which no, didn't really give me the whole it, I yeah. get it. Well, that's it. All right, now. Where is that it? Y'all, is that Matt, it? That's Matt, it. why don't you why don't you t- jump in? Tell us about your leader and and how how he supports your team, what he does, why he's the leader. Yeah, I would love to jump in after momentarily taking digs at Andrew and Todd. Um, Andrew, congratulations <laughs> on officially sure. making me completely disinterested in Half-Life 3, a game that I've waited almost 20 <laughs> years for and now don't okay. care about anymore. Um, well, no, Ted Cruz is the main character in Half-Life 3. Isn't that going to stand <laughs> yeah. for something? Yeah, and speaking of things I really don't care about anymore, like... Much like Han Solo, I also once wanted a backstory on Falco, but thanks to you, Todd, not no. anymore. So, <laughs> moving That's on fair. That's fair. to the leader of my team, all right, Josh from Until Dawn. And I'm going to try and keep this spoiler-free because, unfortunately, Andrew hasn't played it yet. Um, womp, womp. Josh is the criminal mastermind of Until Dawn. Does that mean much in the latter half of the game? No, but I can make assumptions, too. So... Josh was the criminal mastermind of Until Dawn, a never-ending lack of, or excuse me, a never-ending supply of insane ideas and crazy contraptions and absolute anal planning, just the whole way to... <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't even going to laugh, what and then mean, I saw everybody else laugh. else. <laughs> so, Josh is actually a criminal mastermind in his past life because Josh died and then Josh was transformed and then Josh died again and then Josh was brought back to life by the puppet and that's the headspace that I am in now so if you could just oh skip God. all the useless what? things and and play in my head canon that's why did he have to live. die three times um, I'm not following well and, and the first death isn't really a death but I can't spoil the goddamn game for you and oh, then, okay, so they found the Dragon Balls and he came back. No, to that's work. fair. I no. see. I see where Matt's going. Yeah, exactly. Like I would, I would love to go into more detail about this, but it's important that you okay. don't get the spoiler. Um, so TBD, TBD. Jump, jump over out, or jump over until dawn and come to my head cannon where Josh has been reborn. I so I do not want to be there. All right, ever. That's okay. Ever, 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 ever. Um, so Josh in his past life was insane, but his death transformation, death again, and then rebirth have calmed his thoughts and given him control over not only his bipolar disorder, but his manic depressive thoughts and have made him now more focused. Turns out Rebirth is a lot like Adderall. Josh is really the only one in this group with a functional brain at more than like 35% cognition. And that's pretty much how the others feel about him. Like I said earlier, everybody else in this group is one track minded. They exist for one purpose and one purpose only. For Chris Walker, it's security and ripping heads off of people. And for the Brute, it's security and slashing up people. And for the Puppet, it's security and healing people that need to be healed on his side, not on the other side. He kills the other side. So you have three people who exist for no more than security and destruction and one person with the brain power to rule and control and direct to, all three to of them. Point them to point them at something and yeah. tell them to destruct. Exactly. Say something along the lines of me good, him bad, and that's that's all he has to do. And so Josh's whole plan all along has been to wreak revenge, seek revenge, and 
restore glory to his not only his life, but his family's name and control of all of the land that should rightfully belong to his family. Now Josh has a team and an army to not only control his land, but bring in the land of all of the other people in the team and create <laughs> you, an evil you, empire. I, what? You know what I'm, I'm really excited for? I'm really excited to see Josh's story play out in the next season of Game of Thrones. I haven't really been watching everything that leads up, but it sounds like he's going to be a great addition. This is also my favorite version of Halo. Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, is Josh the Fire Emblem? Like, <laughs> like, like everything Henderson has described so far has sounded like a fever dream. And everything Matt has described so far has sounded like the insane rantings of like Charles Manson. Like what? this is it's just <laughs> what's what's I'm crazy confused is like, and angry. I and I started and, out saying that mine was gonna be a combination of like A Team and the Fast and Furious movies, and mine has been the most believable. And I'm <laughs> Todd's if anything, yours that. is yours is mundane. Yeah. yeah. I just Yeah, a flying a flying bicep is just is nothing. When I went with the murderous killbot, I thought I'd be going out on a limb, but here I am, you know. <laughs> Turns out I came out with more murderous killing <laughs> yeah. than you did. Yeah, your whole thing is murderous killbots. Exactly. <laughs> so so we're 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 at we're at fifty-three minutes, guys. Let's let's pick it up. We're gonna move on to question three. Um so for this one, this is uh, I want to I want to see how your team kind of plays off each other. Um, I really loved the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. Um, most of what I loved about it was just pairing up your favorite characters and seeing what combos they had together. So um, just tell me about your party's uh, version of the fastball special. Just what what happens. What goodness happens when your characters team up? Um, so, Andrew, what what is the League of Weird Voices um, <laughs> camp fastball special? Y'all, things are going to get even weirder. Oh, um, really? Is it? All I right, thought we so were done. Here's the, here's the alt, right? So, G-Man, we've established, he's got otherworldly powers. So what's going to happen is G-Man is going to use his powers to fuse the shoe puff and forever train together into one Cronenberg S monstrosity. Um, picture like shoe puff with like a steam engine and wheels. Cause like, yeah. And it just, and because it's a forever train, the shoe puff just extends forever. No. <laughs> um, and then, yep. And what? then, uh, and then beetle, we haven't included beetle yet. So beetle's going to ride on top and throw pairs at enemies. Cause are they, he has a lot of pairs. Are they, <laughs> <laughs> what? I, what? You know what? No, I don't. I, I don't even have anything for that. I don't have Todd. any questions. Can I just say mine? Yay! Tell us what's what's safety thirds fastball special. It is mostly explosions and thick biceps over here. And by thick, I mean T H I C C. Thick, thick with so, two C's. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this whole thing is going to kick off with Falco doing his. <laughs> Thing he does because he's super, <laughs> he's super cocky, and that's what he this does. This is getting very sexual. Yeah, um, but that is the signal for a Torg trademark brand pimped out Landmaster tank, also trademarked, to fly in for Falco to pilot because that was the most annoying thing he did in any of the Super Smash Brothers when he'd get his his Landmaster. Um, mm -hmm. But like, it's not actually a tank, Kyle. 
it is HK-47 transformed as a tank, and he's loving it. He's got a, a murder boner going on. Um, and the last thing that happens, the ultimate, uh, this move ends with Rex being fired out of a cannon, and he's headbutting whatever irrelevant Marvel Ultimate Alliance moblin you've released him onto. Um, and of you may course. be asking where, where Mr. Torg is. He's on the back just flexing. He's a... He's pulling a straight up whatever the the one guy was from. Um, he's he's the guitar playing the mm-hmm. flamethrower guitar guy mm-hmm. from Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, yeah he's well, just and there for yeah. style. And, and the soundtrack in the background is that Pantera guitar solo from that SpongeBob episode ten years ago. Um, oh yeah, that one. Yeah, that'd be pre hibernation. Yes. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Oh, this, so there, so this <laughs> wow. Is, this that is wow. Shit, what a good reference. Um, <laughs> But that is the way this plays out. And like I said, in Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you could like attack one person or a lot of people. This is one really sad moblin because it just got <laughs> it just got, got super tanked and sh- and and a weird a weird toad alien shot at it. Like like the the level was already clear. It was just one different mm-hmm. colored moblin, and you're like, oh, we got to use the alt. We still have it, and this was what happened. <laughs> Except if it was one of those things where you had to like do a knock up attack and then nothing happened because you didn't do the knock up. Yeah, that yeah. game <laughs> had, that game had some frustrating bits. <laughs> didn't stop us from playing it through twice in one Christmas break. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> very true. Very true. All right, Matt. Um, what tell us? Tell us about Team Edge Lords Ultimate Move. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do they? What do they get when you? when you pair them all together and they do their thing. All right, so all ridiculous, like, headcanon and storyboarding aside, this is the one question that I'm good at. Like, really, really, because (laughs) what do all of these characters have in common? The redirect and jump scare. And that is the ultimate of old. In fact, it is the scariest ult since before Hanzo got nerfed in Overwatch. All four of these Uh. characters are masters of deception and intimidation, they're always one step ahead of you, and they're just downright terrifying. Like, none of these characters look at all like anything that wouldn't scare the shit out of you if you found them in the woods. So, while Josh that and That puppet Walk- is horrifying. What? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. True. Which one? The puppet the Yeah, is yeah, the puppet is, is terrifying. definite just nightmare awful. fuel. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. while Josh and Walker approach from the front, because they're both very, like, they're the slow, lumbering type of enemy that you see coming and you just hope you get away from in time... They are pushing you back to the puppet and the brute, which are both hide in the shadows, jump out and scare you kind of enemies. Um, They wait in the trees. And just as you hear the music of the music box run out and the blood curdling scream of the brute in the distance, your brain realizes it's too late. Now, canonically, brutes lower the sanity of those who look them in the eyes. And that's like that's the one mechanic of the amnesia game. Because did any of you guys play it? Is that just a me thing? I'm, I'm familiar with it. Okay, yeah. I'm familiar with it, but I haven't played so it. So yes. that's that's the whole mechanic, right? That's why the brood is important, because Amnesia was one of the first survival horror games where they gave you mm-hmm. zero option but to run. And the whole shtick of Amnesia is that you have to control your sanity, and you have to go back and forth between using your lantern to raise your sanity and existing in the darkness to hide from the monsters, but when you're in the darkness, your sanity lowers, and once you go completely insane, then you automatically lose the game. So, 
the brutes, there are two kinds of enemies. There's the brute and then the other one, which everybody uses more, but doesn't hurt you nearly as bad as the brute. So it's not important. Um, if you see them, your screen flashes and your sanity immediately starts to lower. So that's like the one shtick of the brute is that they actually lower insanity. And so once they all circle you, three other iconic characters looming over you, it's enough to shut down the brain of the enemy and you just... Yeah, you're done. It's game over. <laughs> so it's kind of so like the ultimate... penance stare from Ghost Rider. There it is. Yeah, go ahead. I know. Tying it all there back. It is. <laughs> uh-huh. So your ultimate is kind of the uh, the Homer stepping on endless rakes gag, but jump scares. <laughs> it's the jump scare version of the rake gag from The Simpsons. I don't want to say yes, but, but I can see. But you can't not. You can't say no. Yep. All right. So um, I, we've we've gotten to know your team. Um, you've got, you, you told me about your leader and, and, um, Henderson took us on his insane fever dream. Weird magic voyage. Um, <laughs> I need to go lie down. <laughs> um, I, I want to know how you slipped me LSD from across the country, but, um, that's not, that's not important right now. Um, so it, it is now time for our super secret bonus question. Um, and for this super secret bonus question... We're gonna set a little a little scene. Um, it's it's late in the in the campaign, or it's you know the third game, and we gotta shake things up. Um, and it's it's looking bad for your team. And um, a a Deus Ex is flying in from off screen to save you guys. Um, but the the fun twist is it's a it's a main, it's a player character. It's a main character from a game. Um, so what, what player character is coming in tuxedo masks style to save your party in their, in their time of need? Um, I'll give you guys a minute to work on it. But if, if someone is ready to go, oh, please, I got it. please start. All right, Andrew, who's, who's your tuxedo mask? All right, so Tuxedo Mask going to come to save today. It's Shuey the Shoe Puff from Final Fantasy oh, Ten Three Shoe Puffs Dungeon. That's right, we've got two Shoe Puff. There are two Shoe Puff, baby, and Shuey the Shoe Puff has been through some shit. He's seen dungeons. He's traveled the world. He has become a better Shoe Puff. So he's gonna come in and save the day. He can fly because he's the ki- because why the fuck not? He's Shuey the Shoe Puff. He went through a Metroidvania-style improvement where he got all this sweet gear and he became... <laughs> don't laugh at me. And, I, and he, be, he became nearly immortal. So Shuey's going to uh, save the rest of them. And Shoe Puff driver's going to be like, Red's a Shoe Puff! You just uh, said Shoe Puff so many times. <laughs> I, it was one too many times, I, I do. I do a shot every time that Andrew says shoe puff, and we need to end this podcast soon, because I'm. it is a race <laughs> against we gotta, time. We gotta get Todd to a hospital <laughs> so he can get his stomach pumped. <laughs> yeah, so so I've got a, I got a good answer for this one, too. So I was I was ready, and Andrew jumped ahead and um, got, got in there real quick. So to go with do. the theme of Safety Third, it could... The only... The only main character could possibly be is Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem has to join my team because he too is a leader? Question mark. Um, but he is also all biceps and guns, which I feel like makes this work. And rounds, that, out the, rounds out the team. He fits in. 
Um, <laughs> and if that's not good enough for you, if you Google image search Duke Nukem, like the eighth result is John Cena decked out as Duke Nukem. So <sighs> Duke Nukem, answer, send, final answer, Regis. All right. Um, Matt, who, what, what player character is flying in to save the day so, in your in your party's time of need. When when all of your NPCs are enemies, it's kind of hard to come up with an in-game character, <laughs> main character, who might actually care to save your team of enemies. But I have one, luckily enough. And unfortunately, it's probably the character from what might actually be the worst horror game of all time ever that was supposed to get a remake last year, but legal suits ended it. That's right. 1989's Friday the 13th for the NES, the most abysmal horror game of all time. Jason, none other than Jason, flies in to rescue the other horror folks because Jason's a video game character and he's a main character in what is like actually quite honestly the worst horror game of all time. Don't, don't play it. Just don't. It's hot (laughs) garbage. Wait, didn't they act? Didn't they do another Friday the Thirteenth yeah, game? Wasn't it's, it like really, Adam Sessler produced it or something? It's really right? funny to watch. Yeah. So that's a nice way of saying it's not the good. The new one hit some like major development halts over lawsuits, and it never went like full publish and yada yada yada. But um, yeah. So Jason is actually a video game character, and and he's who's coming in to save the day with the machete and probably Jamie Lee Curtis somewhere because I don't know. Let's just connect all of the universes. <laughs> Good. All right, um, those were those were answers. They certainly <laughs> they sure were, were answers. Um, let's let's bring it home, guys. Um, it's a, it's your last chance to sell me on your team. Um, what, you know why I should hire your party or whatever. Um, closing statements, Andrew. Go. Their accents are dumb. Their timing is off. And the things they say are stupid. That said, the League of Extraordinary, Extraordinarily Weird Voices does one thing better than all else. Going viral. These guys <laughs> know how to make a lasting impression. They may not be good at what they do, but you will damn sure remember it. I tell you, I do not remember a thing about... like I couldn't tell you how to get through any of the temples in Wind Waker. I barely remember the story, but I sure as hell remember Beetle saying, Thank you! You know, that those are the things that have stuck in my mind however many years after playing these games. Same with Final Fantasy X. Um, what you really need, what, what is the most important thing in building a crack team, it's the marketability. It's the way we need to, we need to make somehow make this profitable. And that's, that is what the League of Extraordinarily Weird Voices is going to do for you. The most important thing is the market. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Hill Corporate. Oh, that, all right, Todd. Last last chance. Yeah. Uh, sell me on sell me on team. Uh, flying flying penis ship. Yeah. Uh, safety so, third. So I would argue that the most important thing of a team is not marketability, but probably overall effectiveness. And so <laughs> I don't know. Team, Ask the A team. Team. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. okay. So I, the, I don't think that logic works. But here it, we the whole point. The whole point of the A team is that they're they're rebels. 
they're not necessarily the best at what they do. They just do it the most. Their flavor. whole purpose is not to be a good internet meme and to be marketed well through their Instagram stingers. So what <laughs> I'm here to tell you is that Team Safety Third is effective at what they're here to do. And they are here to look and act like an explosion on wheels. And so, but the thing is, they're that. And when the dust is settled, there's so much more. You've got Falco, who has actually been a really solid character, who is a good leader. You've got Rex, who goes from last of the Krogan battle masters to like the king of his people. You've got uh, Mr. Torg, who actually is more than just a, a big bicep. Um, Mr. Torg makes all sorts of statements about, uh, you know, being, you know, supporting his, his weapon empire and treating women with respect. And he's got some demons and he deals with them. I don't think that happens for anyone else here. And HK, you know, he uh, he's a, a bloodthirsty killing machine, but he's your bloodthirsty killing machine. And he'll only do those things if you want him to do that. So my point to say here, Kyle, is that you are looking to put together the best team. And here I have brought it to you full of character, full of effectiveness, and most importantly, full of biceps and explosions. All right. And Matt, um, bring us home. Sell me. Why should I why should I hire a team edgelord here to, to get my get my job done? Well, Kyle, as I so often do, I would like to place my thumb firmly in my own asshole and there return to the actual question that we asked at the beginning of this podcast, which is, what's your perfect RPG party? And I actually have the members of an RPG party, according to Google, in roles that fit them, I think. So let me tell you about that. I have a team leader. Josh from Until Dawn is a terrific team leader in the sense of things that I can't really tell Andrew about, but he has crafted... He died three times. Indeed. Um, he has crafted an entire game's worth of maniacal plots to get revenge on those he feel who he feels has wronged him. So, obviously, you've got someone who is already driven and I think could fit under maybe the definition of a mastermind in some people's ideas. Moving on, you have the tank, Walker from Outlast, actually, literally a tank. Seven feet tall, 350 pounds, that's canon, you can check. He <laughs> has no lips and no nose because he cut them off when he, they got in his way. He cut a third eye in his own forehead because he's terrifying, and he was a former military security officer who now believes that military security law is the only law and should be followed by everyone who he thinks isn't following it, which, spoiler alert, is everyone, it's which is why he rips the heads off of most people and is actually impossible to kill unless you are a scary technology ghost created by the Murkoff Corporation who can fling things into walls. And only way aren't. to kill him. And we aren't. We definitely aren't. Um... Are you sure about that? I am. I am, in fact. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay. Then you have the stealth crowd control, the brute from Amnesia, which is uh, honestly one of the like quickest pop-up enemies in any horror game, sans the FNAF series, which is built on quick pop-up scares. But the brute always comes out of nowhere, unless you're in the sewer, and then it comes out of everywhere. And it's really, really horrifying, and it's good at redirecting and pushing people into its own section and it's got a one hit kill so there's that then the healer the puppet from five nights at freddy's 
actually gives life, actually can transfer souls into inanimate things, is actually a healer in a horror game. You know how many of those there are? Like, none, except the puppet, which has been in almost every FNAF game and is a really underrated character. And, like, every medic in any Resident Evil ever. Yeah, but, like... Resident Evil is only questionably a horror game after Resident Evil 4. The first three are more like adventure RPGs with zombies. Um, the first three are marketedly horror... Okay, we're not we're doing not this. We're not going to go there. We're this. not going to... That's a, that's, a, that's a different episode. <laughs> no one wins. All I'm, nope. all I'm saying is that I have four really good characters from games that are thematically connected in actual RPG team roles that make sense for those characters. I have answered your question, even if I had to take you on a fever-ridden nightmare to get there. You're like you're like the kid in school that, like, if they wrote an essay, it was like, part of your essay is saying, like, I wrote an essay and it was 500 words and I should get an A. Thank you very much. So, like, yeah, honestly, I passed all my school projects by just following the rubric exactly. So if you give me instructions, yeah. I'll follow them. <laughs> Here we are. What a good time we have. <laughs> <laughs> Let's things things got a little heated there at the end, guys. Let's calm down. Let's say some nice things about each other. Let's go into good vibes while I try and process whatever the hell just happened. You you have to feed um, it into the Plinko machine. Yeah. <sighs> That's what it feels like. All right, let's <laughs> and Andrew say some nice things about about Todd and Matt's team. Yeah, um, I love Todd's team. Um, those are all great. I had to bring up my notes here. Um, HK is my favorite, favorite, favorite Kotor character ever. Um, what a great pick. And then I never played that one DLC of the Borderlands one, but that's but that video is hilarious, and anyone listening should go look up that video, um, the trailer. What's the trailer for? So it's the, the trailer for Mr. Torg's Campaign of Carnage. It tells you everything of Carnage. you it need is, to yeah. know. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Um, Falco, yeah, Falco, done. That's that's a great pick. And um, what was the other one? Rex. Oh, Rex, yeah, obviously. Like Rex is, Rex is also a great character. Best character in Mass Effect. Yeah, great job. Um, Matt, I mean, I feel like I had a stroke most of the times you were <laughs> explaining that lore. <laughs> But I will say I'm very excited to play Until Dawn. So somehow you weirdly sold me on Until Dawn. Um, I'm, I am intrigued and I, I want to be able to understand what you're saying because I do not right now. It's okay. We'll get you there. Okay. I, uh, so I had a fairly vague familiarity with, I think, most of the people you chose, Andrew. I didn't know much about G-Man, but I knew of him. Mm -hmm. And so everything that I thought I knew aligned pretty closely with what you said, and that was nice. Um, <laughs> that was the, okay. I'm familiar with Beetle, thought that was really great. That was funny. Um, I definitely um, am, I, I couldn't have remembered the shoe puff driver, but as soon as you brought it up, I'm like, yeah, I get that. That's, mm -hmm. that's the, the combination of shoe puff driver and forever train boss <laughs> was just really, really good. And for ways that I can't actually explain why. Um, and I don't think I could, I don't think anyone really could, but they were, good. I was, I was torn between 
train boss and the other boss that says cocky little freaks yeah those are two different ones that i remembered a few minutes ago i think that's so. the like tank walker boss if i remember correctly uh, it, i don't remember they all i whatever. feel like <laughs> they're I all like grill monsters to blur together <laughs> yes. i didn't play Star Fox 64 um but i feel like all the bosses were just like deep voiced yelling people like they just yeah, had one yes. guy yell in different accents um yeah and as far as you know years ago matt Super familiar with Until Dawn. I played that game through three times, um, and Josh is a good mastermind. Um, I never played Outlast, but I sat in the room while someone did play it, and the tank made me want to piss myself. So um, that was also a good option. Uh, Your other two, so again, never played Five Nights, but familiar with the healer, the whole series, like, I will never play that. I will never sit down and play that by myself because I am a baby. And um, super familiar with Amnesia. Not that familiar with The Brute, but familiar with the concept of that game. Um, So just four good choices that I wouldn't have thought of that I cared about in the end. And I didn't think I would. So that's those are high praise. (laughs) Yeah, I... Andrew, I like I was telling you before we started recording, I almost picked G Man because um, mm. Half Life is so good, and G Man is just such a like oh my god, such a so weird good. character in that game, but so important. But then you never really experience. I good call. I like it a lot, and the idea of him nice. as like the brain of of a a stable is definitely clutch. I also. Um, much like Todd immediately remembered the shoe puff driver, I immediately remembered the forever train boss from Star Fox 64. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I watched Wind Waker and never played it, um, much like I have with almost every Zelda game, mm-hmm. and Beetle is a thing. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, you don't get the audio cues in the Game Grunts playthrough, unfortunately. Yeah, I have never given a shred of a shit about Final Fantasy, um, so sorry. I know. You lost me on that one. But, um, <laughs> That's right. Todd, I was familiar with all of your games, but less of your characters. Um, obviously, Falco, I, I played Star Fox 64 and that GameCube game that happened. Um, <laughs> which oh, I, yeah. like, Falco is the cocky shot, shot caller. That's the perfect description of who Falco is as a character. Um, so, yeah, definitely that. Mr. Torg from Borderlands is awesome. I've never played that game, and he fucking rules. I have watched a lot of Mr. It's, Torg videos, and I just, like, I just want Macho Man Randy Savage to read Mr. Torg quotes. That I, f- I feel like if we had to pick a, a NPC, like, avatar for everyone, it, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone a better fit for Matt than Mr. Tor. Like, <laughs> That's pretty fair. I love him. And he has Vortex's, like, headset from the, the Sonic. There's a callback. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I never played Mass Effect. I knew it existed, and I thought it was a cool concept, but I didn't play it. Um, but you paint a cool story for some guy that looks like Admiral Akbar with less chin. And... I do like Star Wars, never played Knights of the Old Republic. Um, I'm just not super familiar with the droids. I, I wouldn't play it if I were you. <laughs> it's, it's a good it's game, but not for you. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's that. All right. Well, um, you guys definitely answered the questions, and <laughs> I guess I have to decide who won. 
I think we all, I mean, it's in the tagline, but I think we all lost this week. Guys. <laughs> um, so, um, so who won? Um, Andrew, unfortunately, you did yeah. not win. Yeah. With your fever. <laughs> it was, it was your fever dream of a party. Um, it was a great, it's a great novel concept and you, you definitely picked, um, a great party of weird voiced characters, but I'm not entirely positive that that party could accomplish anything. It was a um, half court shot. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, you went with a hail Mary play, uh, but weirdly you did it like in the first quarter and then you kept running it the rest of the game. Um, <laughs> um so that leaves Todd and Matt. Um, Matt, you you did a really good job. You you uh, you came to play. It, it was just a little little apparent you were out of your element. Um, RPG week was not a good not a good week. You're Matt, right, but um, but I mean this this was a tough decision between you and Todd. But the winner this week is Todd's safety third um, explosions and biceps party. Um, yeah, you. You pulled out the stops. You picked a great party. Um, Matt argued a few times that he was the only one who filled out an RPG team. And I disagree because I can see the tank, the leader, the DPS, and um, some and the wild card. It's, it's not a good team, but it is, in it Todd's is team. a team. <laughs> team by definition. So... so uh, congratulations, Todd. You are this week's winner. Um, can I can for, I leave you with one more Mr. This. Torque quote? Please do. <laughs> if you're still alive, grab some ammo. If you're not, this message is irrelevant. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome, everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, everyone, thank you for listening to Debate This. Um, follow along with the argument on twitter facebook and instagram at debate this cast and let us know what you think i'm kyle harper i'm andrew howlin mad henderson i'm todd mr t thomas and i'm matt face man cole we're saying thanks for debating with us and if you think we're wrong you can come fight us by the swing sets nerds